2: This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Hair Club, John. Hairclub.com slash ham. It's free. Go sign up. And it's brought to you by Upstart.
0: Upstart.com slash ham. Get a loan. Not affect your credit score.
2: Now on to the segment.
0: Let's dive into the Niners. Uh they let's I guess start with their their number two overall pick, though he wasn't a senior bowl guy, he wasn't even eligible. I, I know you tweeted when Chris retired. I don't have the exact tweet up, but basically that Nick Bosa is not on Chris's level. And one point in time, I think people forget uh, that Chris was the number two overall pick in the draft once upon a time. It was viewed as kind of a Chris Long, Howie's kid, uh, and Kyle's brother, older brother, was viewed as like can't miss prospect. That's kind of the way Nick was viewed. I personally, I'm closer to you. I I didn't evaluate Chris, but I'm not the biggest Nick Bosa guy relative to the recent, the Khalil Max, the Vaughn Millers, the hell even Bradley Chubb last year I don't think he's as good as him just and then we're talking the highest level guy when you take someone at two your thoughts on Nick Bosa
3: yeah and again I it's hard on Twitter to convey exactly what you mean in 120 characters I I think Nick Bosa is gonna be a good player don't get me wrong he was a good prospect but number two overall I just it was weird for me this year because usually as a scout you come home from the draft and you get started on the next year's next year's draft class and you're really the first one that's put your eyeballs on them. You know, your, your opinion's not tainted at all. Well, after the Senior Bowl this year, I got hired on to do a little work with ESPN as a draft analyst, and that was an awesome experience. But I had to I had to go back and, you know, circle the wagons on a bunch of these juniors that weren't eligible for the Senior Bowl for the draft. And the narrative had already been kind of set on Nick Bosa, that he was just this camp guy and top-five pick, you know, possible number-one overall pick. And again, I put on the tape, I just didn't see that level of player. So I, I, I wasn't trying to, to knock me. So, so that wasn't, that really wasn't the point. I really thought Chris Long was a great player coming out of college. Um, I, I put a, I put a, a massive grade on, on Chris Long. I think Belichick looked at me sideways a little bit um, after I stuck that big grade on him, but I, I thought they were similar players. And Chris has had a really good NFL career, but, you know, individually, he, he'd only been to a couple Pro Bowls. So, it's not like we're talking about Chris Long as a, as a potential Hall of Famer. And I didn't see Nick boasted at a Chris's level. Um, just didn't see the twitch, didn't see the motor. Um, so, I, so, again, if Chris had the career he had, and I didn't think Nick was to that level, I just I thought, you know, for the number two overall pick, I thought that was a little rich. Do I think Nick's going to have a good career? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I was just trying to make a, a player comparison and, and I, I know it it you know, we, we love that. Know we love we love that here.
0: I mean, all well, day long,
3: baby. Got got some Niners fans been out of shape. I, I do think Nick will be a good player, but I I just thought Chris was was better player coming out of college.
0: Well yeah, and, and I mean I've said it before, my experience in the draft room and stuff, when you have the last name, and obviously Chris did and definitely Nick does, even more recent, right? Because Howie and Chris, there was a big separation. Nick has his brother Joey kicking ass and taking names, and is one of the best players in the league. You've spent a lot more time in draft rooms than me over the years. How much do you think that played a part just in the buzz around the league on this guy? Because the people that I trust in the league, a couple of my good buddies that were in no position to draft him, they really liked him. And guys that you know are right way more than they're wrong, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Because I'm with you, Jim. I, I think he's a good player, but the hype on him just felt a little strong. Did, did Joey – And Joey's success, do you think, kind of add to the buzz around this player?
3: Yeah, I think so. I I do think so. And I, you you bring it all the way back to Chris Long. We had those conversations uh, when I was in New England. Is, is he at his ceiling? You know, because he's, you know, how he's done such a good job training him with technique and hand use um, was okay. How much better can he get? Is he tapped out? Kind of like people think with Alabama players, they get coached so well in Tuscaloosa. What's their ceiling? So. I think it was similar, you know, with with, uh, with Nick. He was so advanced with his hands, and that's how he beats blocks a lot. You know, it's just with technique. And so the question is, you know, what's what's going to happen? And you know this, John, that the, one of the biggest differences between NFL football and college football is offensive linemen know how to use their hands at the pro level, and, and the vast majority of them don't in college. So, um, what's going to happen to a guy like Nick when someone knows how to put their hands on him and lock him up? Is he still going to be able to win? So. Um, but yeah, I was mean, talking to my friends around the league because I did, I made that call now guys, am I, am I seeing this right? Why, why don't I think that, you know, see this guy as the top five, top 10 pick. And, uh, and most of the feedback I got was similar that, um, I think the mindset was, there was a little bit of feeling that Nick might've had his foot one foot in the NFL from the time he got to Columbus and, you know, just kind of biding his time till he got to the NFL, a, a little, a little so, clowny like almost. Yeah, so that being the case, they think they're, you might see a better Nick Bosa as a pro, which I can't argue that if that's the yeah. theory. Um, I think the other theory was, um, you know, most people I talked to that I trust that are good evaluators, that I didn't do Joey coming out, um, but guys that did Joey, uh, most of them thought Joey was a better prospect. I, actually, all of them thought Joey was a better prospect. But the, the prevailing feeling was, you know, like you said, Joey's an elite player, even if Nick doesn't reach where his brother's at, you're still getting a good player. So it's, it was, you know, I don't know. You hate calling it a safe pick, whatever it is, but um, I think there was some of that sentiment too. I mean, yeah, even if he doesn't get to Joey's level, he's still got a good player.
2: Was there so, a, was there a clear-cut guy after Kyler or a clear-cut non-quarterback number one to you? If it wasn't Nick, I
3: thought, it was, yeah, I thought it was Quinnen Williams. I. I I thought he was the clear-cut best player in the draft. Um, you know, I think the, the the ceiling on that kid is so high. Really, you know, it's, he's so hard to block because he's slippery and he's powerful. So he just you just don't know you don't know how he's going to attack you inside. And those guys are. I know this year's edge class got all the buzz, and and again, it was a really good class. But it, you guys know this. It's getting the hardest guy to find on the football field is a guy that can get to the quarterback from the interior. So. Um, I think when you have a chance to take one, you take them. And I I do. I think Quentin's got a chance to be a special player. I
0: mean, is it safe to say I'm a big believer in that just because I think the tackles in this league aren't that bad or the guards and centers, for the most part, are pretty shitty. You know, and we see see DeForest Buckner, who played around nothing the last couple years, just dominate. On top of, you know, the Aaron Don. There's a lot of really good defensive tackles that are becoming all-timers because there's not exactly – you know, Jim Otto ain't walking through that door to block you every week. It's just – it's not. <laughs> right. the, 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 the guards – and I saw this when I got in the league, but it feels like they've gotten worse. And a lot – you know, you you watch a lot of college football and evaluate these guys, maybe the spread offenses I don't, I don't know exactly why, but there's a lot better tackle play, I feel, in this league right now in 2019 than guards and centers.
3: No, I think you're i think you right because I think that it's, it's easier to stick a guy out on the edge and just let him be an athlete. Um, you know, and then put him inside where things are happening a lot faster and he's playing out of both eyes and things are crossing his I mean, You just, there's gotta be such an awareness playing inside. Again, you hit on the spread offense stuff. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't even putting their hand in the dirt in college. Like we had Andre Dillard in the game from Washington state this mm. year. And I think Andre's going to be a really good left tackle um, eventually for Philadelphia. But again, until he came to the senior bowl, you never saw him put his hand on the ground and, and come off the ball and, and really try to move people. So uh, yeah, I think you're right on there. I think it's just easier to stick a guy out in space and let him dance with people.
2: Seems like receiver's a position, when one goes in the draft, it's a position where there there becomes a run. This year it happened, but it happened after the second guy went, a little later at the back end of the second round. We had Nikhil Harry go in the first round, who out here on the West Coast, John and I have been talking about Nikhil Harry for three years. We love him. And then the Niners took Debo Samuel, and then there was a break, and then if there was a run, it happened late in the second Debo was at the senior bowl. Uh, what do you, what do you think of Debo Samuel?
3: Uh, I really like him. I really like him. He, uh, you know, I was, he got, he had, a, he started off his junior year really hot. I think he had five touchdowns in their first three games in South Carolina. And then, you know, had a pretty bad leg, leg injury, which forced him to, to come back this year for a senior year. And I went and saw them play Missouri, um, uh, in October sometime. And, He looked heavy. He looked a little sluggish. He definitely didn't look back. Um, and then that, that's the, the about you know, that's the lesson to scouts is that you always got to go back and and watch late tape because when you go back to the late season stuff, Clemson, um, really sticks out. He looked totally back. He had his juice back. He's really dynamic. Um, I thought he was the best guy with the ball in his hands in this year's draft. He's kind of got some running back ability with the ball. Um, thought he could play inside and outside. So I thought that was a great pick. I know, uh, you know, I, I thought there was teams there at the end of the first round that could have taken Debo talking to guys leading up to it. Um, mm. I thought that was a real possibility and I'm just happy for Wes Welker. Cause, um, I ran into Wes this spring and, and he could not hide his affection for Debo Samuel. So he, uh, so, Wes got his guy, and I was happy for him. I think Debo's going to be a really good player
0: for the Niners. I forgot that the 49ers had Wes Walker. I was like, God, the t- yeah. I was like, God yeah, he's hey, a, he's a, still, Niner, he's a John, Niners receiver like, He's still playing. Coach.
3: He's here to take Wes's job. <laughs>
0: uh, no, Well, how about the other, I guess, wide receiver? I, I remember watching this guy in, like, 2015 going, God, this guy's a really good zone runner. As a running back at Tennessee, then his career, you know, he quit Tennessee because they wouldn't move in receiver, ends up at Baylor. Talk about the scouting process for Jalen Hurd and what you think of his – prospects are in the league
3: yeah jalen was a is really interesting case study you, you you hit it on the head i mean here he was six foot four 240 pound running back in the sec and i, I would argue his tape was better than derrick henry's at running back uh, when he was coming out he definitely had better feet than derrick and was more elusive um and then he made the he made the decision to, to create himself you know turn himself into a wide receiver which was you know um you know, puzzling to me because big 240 pound backs that the NFL likes to play with are a lot harder to find than wideouts these days. And, yeah. you know, there's every, every school in the country has got two or three wideouts that they think can play at the next level. Cause they're, you know, they got 70 or 80 catches. And uh, so for him to make that move, I thought was pretty curious. And then, uh, you know, I, I think that what you have to do as a scout, and I think that's why a lot of people really wanted to see him down jailing down here in Mobile was. They were just trying to figure out, you know, why that happened and what happened up in Knoxville. And, uh, you know, usually when a guy transfers, there's a different story at the two schools, right? So I think there was different stuff coming out of Baylor than there was coming out of Knoxville. And, and uh, so trying to reconcile those two things as a scout is always difficult. So getting, getting Jalen down here, he couldn't participate. But uh, I knew there was enough want to from the, you know, buy-in from the league's perspective that, hey, we just want to sit with this kid and spend all the time with him and try to get into his head because we've heard from two different coaching staffs what his deal is. Now we we really want to get our hands on him. So that's why he was the only injured player that we brought down here for the week and let him go through things. And, uh, you know, I I think talent-wise, San Francisco could really hit because he is very talented.
2: Another guy that was at the Senior Bowl and the Niners drafted. Now this was interesting because it was a punter. And 49ers Twitter was up in arms about not getting a guard uh, when Mitch people Wisnowski. were pissed, a fourth rounder for a punter <laughs> for, a, for a unanimous All American, Mitch Wisnowski, Uh Kyle Shanahan said he never wants to watch special teams film again after getting ready for the draft, watching Mitch punt. But uh, how did you, you how did you scout punters? How much did you scout punters? And and how do you scout this guy?
3: He he's he's an interesting guy because going through the fall, here's a kind of. A, obscure benefit of being on social media so mitch mitch punted with this group out of australia and i, I i'm gonna get the name wrong but there's this punting group that trains, trains pro, kids pro for kick right football. isn't it pro kick there you go that's it pro kick and uh those guys reached out to me in the middle of the fall and uh you know i was with the seahawks last year when when they picked michael dixon out of texas mm-hmm. and uh michael dixon and he you know, he, he was first team all pro this year as a rookie. I think if you ask any Seahawks fan, if they were happy with that as their fifth round pick, they, you know, they would, I mean, he, he meant everything to that football team. This he's year pretty first. good. And so, and this kid was trained by the same group out there in Australia. They're, they're like, yeah, you know, we got another mate for you. <laughs> and uh, the cool thing about Dixon was when, when we were in Seattle scouting him, um, you know, he he can hit so many different kinds of balls. Like he's got, you know, if you're a pitcher, he has a bunch of different pitches and, and Mitch can do a lot of the same stuff and uh, really makes it hard for the fielder to return. And I know that like probably wasn't the most, you know, the pick that your the 49ers fan base got the most fired up about, but I think come Sundays uh, in the fall, they're going to be happy to have him because, and again, the other cool thing about Mitch is and John, you know, is a scouting specialists. Sometimes they can, you know, they can be a little quirky and, and, and goofy and, and Mitch just spending the week down here. Like most Australian guys, like he is just a real dude. Like you could tell, like, he's gonna get, he's gonna get with the program right away. The teammates are gonna like him. Um, he's, he's got a really level head. I don't think you gotta worry about this guy flaking out on you. And uh, I think he's gonna be their, their punter for a long, long time. He's a really cool kid.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.